early on would talk about the main and the plain quite often. And um, I reflect on those words myself. A matter of fact, uh, Phil Strout talks about the main and the plain, and I'd like for us to listen to that. I just turned him off. So, main and plain folks, keep it simple. We want to begin to articulate that by making a very strong statement. We are a biblically oriented people. And that's what guides our life, right? Uh, and the problem, I think, uh, I've been a Christian a long time. And... Um, the one distinctive that I understood as I began my journey with Jesus that um, I realized early on life was not just about me. I learned very early on that life was about others. And I learned very early on as, a, uh, as I walked with Christ that Christ wanted to use me to touch other people effectively with the gospel. And um, let's be honest. Let's be really frank. Let's have, you know, a, a, a fireside conversation here. We're, we're, most of us, our, our base nature is, um, what about me? Self-centered. We are very self-centered people. And it is a challenge for all of us to think otherly. But we cannot have a vibrant, intimate relationship in Christ Jesus without it. Because Jesus draws us out into thinking about those around us. Why? Because we know He takes care of us. He takes care of us. 
And he uses us to touch other people's lives effectively with the kingdom, with his words. And that is, that is the basis of the main and plain, is that we are guided by the scriptures. I think of Psalm 119. Those who love your instruction have great peace and do not stumble. How many of us this morning feel like you're stumbling through life? How many of us this morning have things in your world you'd like to see change? How many of us this morning have things in, with us, personally, on a personal level, that you, you, you might have some um, habits, let's say. We can go as far as call them bad habits, that you would like to see change in your life that you would, like, would like to overcome. It could be, it's numerous of things. It could be all kinds of things. We can, we can pick on some obvious ones right now, but we don't need to do that. But all of us have things in our lives that you've struggled with that has kept you, that the, the enemy is used to beat you and I up, to keep us down, to keep us negative, to keep us, you know, woe is me, where the Bible says something totally different about who we are in Christ. And the scripture, the main and plain is, is we begin to line up with Jesus. And we begin to, to, to allow Jesus to create kingdom or godly or spiritual disciplines that equate to a lifestyle that reflects Jesus. Now, how many of us this morning would say, that's just plain hard? I got a few, a few here that are brave enough to raise their hands. I'm going to raise both of mine. The most, the most significant decision we will ever make is to follow Jesus. It starts there. That is the most significant decision you and I will ever make. And some of us are there. You've been there for a long time. Some are beginning their journey. Some are contemplating. I get it. I understand. So I don't want you to feel like we're trying to condemn you or coerce you into something you don't want to do. We're, we're inviting you to take a journey with Jesus. Mark 8. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures. I'm not going to have them all up here. If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up my cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, good news meaning the gospel, you will be saved. If you're willing to give up your life, how many of us Go through life taking it back. Really, think about it. How many, we go through our life, I'm giving, I give it all to you, Jesus. I just love you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Next day, you take it back. Some of you are even, don't even wait 24 hours. You're in an end to it 30 minutes. No, take it back. How many of us go and say, Lord, you can have all of this, all of it. I just give it all to you. Well, wait a minute. Right? We do it all the time, don't we? I, I mean, I am picking on me right now. 
If if you happen to be included, we're on the same band. We're on the same wagon. Anyways, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is everything worth more? Is anything worth more than your soul? Then why do we live like it is? Like there is things worth more. Why do we live that way? That's a question. If, if anyone's ashamed of me and the message in these, uh, in these adulterous and sinful days, he must have been thinking like 2,000 years ahead, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory of the Father with his holy angels. Now, we just celebrated the first advent, but there's another advent that Jesus talk, just talked about called his second coming. And he is returning. And he could, it could be any day now. Thing is, we don't live like it could be any day now. But I'm asking the Lord to renew that hope within me. To renew that, that vital part of me that somewhere got worn out. That great expectation of the immediate return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his bride, which the gospel talks quite a bit about, which Jesus talked quite a bit about. Jesus went on to say in John 3.16, for many of you know this, for this is how God loved the world. This is how God loved you and I. He gave his only son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. As, as, as we sang this morning, Jesus is for us. He's not here to judge us. He is here to set us free from our own judgment. Let's start the, with that. I don't need anybody to judge me. I do a pretty good job of judging myself. There are those that are around me that help me along the way. I have my blind spots just like anybody else. But Jesus came to tell us what he's put in us so that you and I can live a victorious life. And that is the main and the plain. And as we move towards 2020, we want to lean in to the main and plain and embrace the, the heart of Jesus to become all we can in him no matter how long you've been doing this. I have areas. I have my own blind spot. There are areas in my life that I still want to grow in. It's not over with. I'm not done. Praise God he's not done with me. Praise God he hasn't forgotten me. I mean, you know, when you get around to the age of retirement, it seems like the world just wants to push you aside. Move over, Rover. Don't try it with me. I work out. (laughs) I don't know if it helps. (laughs) He goes on to say, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. There is no judgment. Stop judging yourself and begin to embrace Jesus. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged, judged for not believing in God's one and only son. The judgment is not believing. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, 
But people love darkness more than light. For their actions are evil. That's what people are being judged for. That they love darkness more than light. The gift came. We celebrated the gift. We have Christmas Day because of Jesus. If we didn't have Jesus, we would be moving on and having first night. Woohoo! You guys know what first night is, right? New Year's Eve. Seven, Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what is right. That's the importance of scripture. It teaches us. It is a lamp to our feet, as the Bible said. God uses it to, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So to ignore the word of God is to ignore God's instruction for us. Do you see, do you see how important that is? To, to not be a student of the word of God is to ignore that instruction. And some of us, maybe all of us, I mean, we go through seasons. I go through seasons. Um, but we all need to create a rhythm, whatever that might be, uh, where you are reading, placing your eyes on the word of God every day, whether it just be one scripture, a chapter, however that might work. Because it is what Timothy says here. God uses it to deepen our spiritual roots, to challenge us, and to help us to become the people that Jesus died for. God enables us to take the necessary first step towards lasting change. That's what the Word of God helps us make those steps. The first is our response to Jesus. Jesus loves us. He died for us. He gave his life for us. We can't move very far from that. That's what, what, what Phil was saying. The main and the plain is what Jesus has done for us. We need to get better and better and better and better at saying yes to Jesus. It's like Daniel was talking about stepping out of the boat. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. What helps us do that? By keeping our eyes on the scriptures as well. And one another. The community of believers. We help each other get down the road, so to speak. John 1.12 says this. But to all who believe in him and accept him, he will give the right to become children of God. And they are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from a human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. That new birth is recognizable. It's more than words. It's how we do life. That rebirth it is a 180 degree change from where we were before. And... 
sometimes God, you know, I'll just say in my own life, because I've been doing, you know, sometimes God does a slow work. I remember praying like 25 years ago, God, kill me, kill me good. It felt more like a slow death. Because I keep raising my ugly head. The me. The Daryl. He just doesn't want to go away. What's wrong with him? He keeps coming back and trying to take, you know, uh, uh, what I mean by that, 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 that self person that doesn't want to change. What about me? Don't I deserve this? And you look at everything else going around. Why does that person, you know, it's just the me, 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 and et cetera, et cetera, a hundred times, whatever. But he doesn't want to let me go. It's a fight. Right? Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for each, for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In other words, while we were still in darkness, he sent his son so that we might receive the light and become all we can be. You do realize, is as you read Psalm 139, that, Jesus, that God says, I knew who you were. I know who you're supposed to be. I know what I've created you to become. I know the best you. There is a true you. There is a you you and I have not discovered yet. And it is in Christ Jesus. It is by yielding to him. There is a you that that will illuminate in the light of Jesus. There's a you that is an overcomer. There is a you that can do things that you can't imagine you can do. Because the self-you is telling you, you can't. How many of us have experienced that? Yeah. I mean, I've lived with that most of my life. Look, like anybody else, we all have our shortcomings, our weaknesses. The fact that I stand up here and I read... In the early days, I couldn't get three words out without stumbling. My greatest fear in life was to read publicly. I dealt with that all my life. All my life. Grammar school, middle school, high school, preaching. It was the greatest fear I ever had. I still have people come up and tell me and help me how to pronounce things. And I say, keep doing it. Don't give up on me. (laughs) Hey, I know I butcher the English language. You know, but I've come a long way. One of the greatest greatest freeing moments in my life, I'll just give you a short story and I'll move on, is I was taking this uh, college adult reading class. And I had to take a test, so I took the test. Because, like I said, this was one of my greatest fears. And so I took the test, and, and the counselor sent me down and says, why are you in this class? I said, because I want to I read better. He says, Daryl, you have a second-year reading level in college. I went, really? <laughs> I said, really? And he goes, this is, class is not for you. And I went, really? 
I cannot tell you how many special ed classes I'd have through the years. That was the most liberating statement I had in a long time. I walked out with my head back, shoulder, chest. I went, I can read. <laughs> it's amazing how somebody says, this encourages you, and you go, oh, really? It's, and you know, how, that's, so I just want that's a, encourage people. That's, that's one thing about being otherly is people come in and say you can. Now, the person that comes in and says you can't, eh, they need to maybe reframe what they're talking about. Anyways, Jesus says you can. Jesus says you're more than an overcomer. Jesus says there's things that I put in you that you have not discovered yet. There's things about me you have not discovered yet. And I want you to discover them. I want you to grow in them. I want you, to, I want you to, 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 to receive from me because I have everything that you need in life. Jesus has everything we need. 2 Corinthians says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Old man is gone. That's Christianese, but it is also Bible. The old person, that you, the person that you grew up being, the person that you grew up, whether people talking over you and saying you can never, you'll never amount to anything, is gone. The person that says you're ugly is gone. The person that says your shape is not acceptable is gone. All of that is gone. Because Jesus says, I have made you a new person in me. And you are more than an overcomer. That is where we're going. That is the main and the plain. And we're going to hound you with it. Aren't we, Daniel? He's hounding me. Anyways. So the main and the plain. Let's get back to basics. Let's, let's learn how to love well. Let's learn how to encourage well. Let's learn how to see the best in people. And also be challenging to people as well. Why do you keep doing what you're doing if you want different results? That's a good conversation, don't you think? What results do you want in life? Then why are you doing that? If you want this result, this needs to change. Have you ever had that conversation? And you might say to yourself, well, I don't want to change this. And then you're going to get what you get. Right? But you don't have to stay there. That is the point of what Jesus is saying. You do not have to stay there. I did not create you to be that way. Ephesians 2.8 says this, God has saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Okay, when you believe, you can't take credit. It's a gift from God. It's God's gift to you and I. Salvation is not a reward for things we have done. Now look, that you need to really get a hold of that one. It is a free gift of God. Salvation is a free gift of God. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Reverting back to you know, Psalm 139. What he has planned for us. 
So some of us need to ask, God, what's your plan for me? How is it that you... That's a discovery. 1 John 4, 10 says this, that this is real love. Not that we love God, but that He has loved us and has sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Main in a plane. Main, that's where we live, right? That's that word of hope that we all have for each other. The main and plane of Jesus is for, eat, for us to change and to live and take the Bible as a roadmap of our life. That's the main and plane of Jesus. Jesus has a standard for us to live by. He has one. And it, 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 we, it, we go to the same place to get it. We cannot meet it on our own. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. I send you the Holy Spirit to come and lead you and guide you and teach you. We can't save ourselves. We need to recognize that we're helpless without him. We need to live a life that reflects Jesus. And that's what Christianity is. You know, it does say Christmas, right? Christmas. The word says it all, right? If you don't have a sincere relationship with Jesus, you have a spiritual problem. If you don't have that sincere, deep, I mean, being sincere is as simple as, Jesus, I really do need you. I say that often. I pray that often. If you don't change me, I, I, am, I am helpless to myself. I need your help. Without Jesus, we're hopeless, we're dead to ourselves, we're blinded by evil, we're powerless, incapable of living a spiritual, fruitful, and meaningful life. It's, we're just incapable. And there'd be, those that, there'd be those that say, well, you just see Jesus is just your crutch. Okay. What else? I think he's my stretcher. He's my walker. All right? I'd be stumbling through life without him. And I was not, look, I did not do life well. Maybe some of you can relate to that. I don't know. But I didn't. Romans 1.18 says this, But God showed his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppressed the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Creation testifies of the creator. We have gotten a little smarter. We call it intelligent design now. We're getting close. For who, for, for ever since the world has created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. His eternal power is divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. That's what Romans says. That's what Paul said as he wrote the church in Rome. You have no excuse. Look around you. We see God's fingerprints everywhere, right? Amen to that. Ephesians 2 one says this, once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. 
You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Paul puts it really plain. Darkness is the work of the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is, a, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Now, that's a strong word, right? Who refuse to obey God. And many people do. I disofuse. I refuse. I refuse. I want to live my own life. I want to be God of my own life. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires, inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But Jesus came to the world. Jesus, Jesus' love for us is greater. So great that he died for us. God so loved the world. In Christ, we are forgiven. He has empowered us to change, right? He has empowered us to change. He's given us the power to change. You and I can change. Yes, we're empowered to change, to live a life that overcomes. All of us can overcome. All of us. I want to encourage you. You can change. I know that some are in difficult circumstances. I get it. All of us that have lived life for any period of time are in difficult circumstances, whether it be personal or those things around you, but Christ is still Lord. And you might feel like you're out there walking on water. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. The sinking is the pits. Yes, we're empowered to change to live that overcomer's life. In Christ, we become a new, different, we become a different person. All of us, all of us can change. I love what Romans 8, 30, uh, 30, 37 through 39 says. It says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. That's a powerful word, isn't it? Victory is ours in front of us, in Christ. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God who loves. From God who loves. Nothing can separate us. Neither death, death or life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Our fears for today. Fear has a way. That little seed of fear. Start thinking about it. Fear of this. Fear of that. The what ifs. Or the what abouts. Fear. And you start pondering it. And all of a sudden it starts taking on a life of its own. And all of a sudden you, you begin to feel its power. I mean, physically, you feel it. Have you ever felt physically the power of fear? Come on. I know. Everybody should have it. Oh, you guys are just... (laughs) Not even the power of hell can separate us from the love of God. But fear comes in. Fear has a hook. Now, what happens is that fear has a worm. And you start nibbling on the worm, 
And the fear starts growing, and then it hooks you. And it goes everywhere with you. It's all around us. Fear of this, fear of that. Fear is a, is a, a tool of the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he goes on to say this. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when you start feeling fear of any kind, you say, Jesus, Jesus, come. Jesus, take this fear from me. Jesus, let me know where this fear comes from so I won't won't embrace it ever again. Going back to the main and the plain, Jesus, come. Jesus, help me through this. Jesus, teach me how to do this better. Jesus, help. And I want to end with this verse as the worship team comes forward. I want to end with a verse that, that Daniel brought up. This is a verse as we move forward, as we think about the main and the plain. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or a timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us a, a, a spirit of love. He's given us the ability to, to be different. Now let me tell you where the real battlefield is as, as we begin to think about it as we enter in 2020. The real battlefield's right here. What goes on between those years makes or breaks us. Trust me. Trust me. If you think it, you'll become it. If you think it long enough, it will come to fruition. You have to, the Bible says you take every thought captive. The war is in our heart, in our minds. The mind is, you have a thought, you have, what is it, 20 thoughts every three seconds, something like that, it's, it's nuts. Your mind travels, it just travels. And as it travels, you hook on to one of those thoughts. And they're not all that pleasant, not all that good. Some of them are memories. But you need to take every thought captive. How do we do that? How can we, how can we live in a world, how can we live in our world and take every thought captive? Let me encourage you by saying this, by understanding what the Word of God says about you. What does Jesus say about you? I mean, I walk around, and if, if, if you're close enough to me, you'll hear me say it. And I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say what I tell you. I'm going to tell you what I say. Devil, get out of my head. And I bet you I say that often. Get out of my head. Get that thought out of my head. In the name of Jesus, get out of my head. Because those thoughts can kill us if we're not, if we're not careful. Take every thought captive. Scripture talks about meditating on the word of God. And that's where the war is. That's where the fight really is. You want to be a victorious life? Think about the battle that's going on right here. Everything else will follow. Trust me. Trust me. We're going to take our offering now. I know you're thrilled about taking every, not only taking every thought captive, but also taking captive your pocketbook. 
And I just want to say, God bless you, you know. Thank you. God bless you for your faithfulness. It's a great time to put your Connect card in the bag. And I know that many use our online giving, and, and we're grateful that, for that as well. Um, but this thought, as we uh, just begin the thing with this thought of taking thoughts captive is huge as we move forward. And that, it, the one thing about, as we think about the Word of God, you begin to memorize the Word of God. Greater is He is in me that is in the world. God's, God, God's love captures me. The enemy comes to kill, deal, kill, steal, and destroy. Behold, all things are made new. I am new. You need to say that. I am new. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am a new perf- person. I am becoming the true self. You need to say things like that to yourself. Let's finish with a, a song. <clears throat>